0: State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, Mandy here or Mandra. You can call me Mandra. That's fine. I have a simple request for you guys. We get so many questions on how you can support the show and there's really a very, very simple thing that we need you guys to do open up this app, open up wherever you're listening to this podcast right now and subscribe if you have the ability, especially those of you who are on iTunes. We're really making a push to get the show more visible. You've seen that we've partnered with a fabulous new network called Westwood One, but we also need the support of our listeners. So if you are a listener, a loyal listener, please subscribe. And if you haven't yet, take a few seconds and leave a five-star review. And even a written review would be the icing on the cake, but at least subscribe leave us a five-star review, and continue to support the show. This is so, so crucial. It is basically how we tell the internet that our podcast is worth promoting and featuring and getting charted. And we deserve to be at the top of the charts, just like any other show out there. We can't do it without your support. So thank you very, very much. Subscribe, like, and review the show. And we thank you so much.
1: Hey, 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 we're back. We're black. <laughs> we're brown ambition. Hey, 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 Mandra. Hey,
0: happy brown ambition Wednesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, how have you been since the last time we chatted? You
0: know, who even knows? I think since we last chatted, it was we, we passed the year anniversary of COVID. Mm-hmm. So a lot of feelings have been felt on my side. A lot of looking back at old photos of me and the baby one year ago, kind Aww. of like where I was. And it's like, oh yeah, my mom was here and I had just started on my you know, seeing my my psychiatrist and trying to get my mental health in check. And I remember it was around this time. We finally, finally got an editor. So hey, shout out to Callie for all the help and yeah it was such a it was a huge turning point for me as a as a mom as a career person a career woman and just a human being in this world so yeah I did I did a lot of like reflecting and trying to just be grateful for for having come out on the other side almost and got my vaccine appointment my husband's got his coming up this week and we're Mm. we're cautiously feeling dare I say a little tiny optimistic about you know the year to come
1: Ooh, that's good. That's good. Honestly, it's just been we're winding down, you know, book stuff and also to um. So if you haven't voted for me for NAACP award, hello, hit up my socials, I'm, especially my Instagram. You'll see a picture somewhere. You can vote every day, y'all. Even yes. though, you know, there's some. Major I did it people. twice. You I did. Tw- I remember two times. Yes. Oh, look at you. So you know, this I is did. your reminder. Vote for me this today. <laughs> but today, you know, I. I always go down like the YouTube rabbit hole. I don't know if it's you. If you do that, like when I can't sleep, I'm like, hmm, what's on YouTube? And lately I've been seeing a lot of videos about something called hypergamy. Have you heard of hypergamy before?
0: I have not. When you originally asked me, I was like, say who to what? And I'm the (laughs) kind of person who wants to feel like I know everything, but I have to admit, never heard of it, no idea what it is. So edumacate me.
1: So according to the Wikipedia, hypergamy commonly referred, referred to as, quote-unquote, marrying up, occasionally mm. referred to as, well, never mind, don't worry about that part, but it's a term used in <laughs> social science for the act or practice of a person marrying a spouse of higher caste or social status than themselves. Typically, from what I've seen, like, when I've seen, like, on, like, it's been a lot on social media, there's a lot of um, Instagram accounts that talk about hypergamy. Typically, when marrying up, um, It's usually like a man with money or more money than them. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, you
1: know, looking specifically for a man who had more money. So I was in this Clubhouse group, like when Clubhouse first came out, and they were talking about, does the person you date or does the man you date have to make multiple six figures or something to that effect? But I went in there and, you know, there were a lot of people who were like um, shaming women who wanted a partner that made, you know, good money. Um, And there were a lot of people who were also like, um, no, they don't have to but i just shared that like you know my husband doesn't make more than i do um he doesn't make multiple six figures and you know we are happy and and stable what do you think about that um so mm. it it is a practice that it, that i see is not new but it seems like just from like reading and watching these youtube videos that it's something that's being introduced to black and brown women more than ever before. And for some reason, so many women who are black and brown are being shamed for saying, hey, I would like a partner that makes a certain amount of money. And they're like, hey, how come I can't say that? But our white counterparts, those those women can say that, you know, like we look at Uh, Women, when they they marry up and we're like, oh, that's good. But as soon as a black woman is like, hey, you know, I'd like a man who makes this amount of money because I want to be, I want to be kept in a certain fashion if I want to be kept at all. Or maybe I make this a certain amount of money and I'd like for him to match me, you know? (laughs) I mean... yeah so i'm curious i mean tiff like
0: yes you and superman have a uh there's a there's a big you know you've talked about the disparity in your income and the gap there but when you originally met superman you certainly weren't like the budget needs to superstar yeah you know so at the time do you remember when you were looking you know for a partner i don't know if you were looking or not if superman just fell into your lap because
1: you left <laughs> you like that but no, what, you're did, right. I how did you approach
0: it? Yeah, how, girl, we you... was
1: neck and neck, okay? Because we were like, in our, <laughs> we were in our early twenties when I first met him, and we were like, oh, he's cute. Mm-hmm. So we were like, I was literally just starting my like preschool teaching. I, I honestly, we probably were making around the same amount. Who knows? I was making thirty nine thousand. Maybe he was making a little bit less. But when I also too, I wasn't looking for like a permanent partner. I was just like, oh, he's cute, he's nice. And so we dated a little bit. And then when I was thirty, when we met again, I mean, he definitely was making more than me because I was making nothing. That's when I had just lost my job, but I was just like, unemployment is my employer. <laughs> that was the only check a sister was getting. And then when we started to date, like uh, the last and final time when I was like about 34, I was making a little bit more than him, but well, no, that's not even true Because at 34, my business was making more, but probably my take home, we were probably like, to your point around neck and neck, maybe slightly more. But then obviously, since being with him, I've grown tremendously. So to your point, I don't know. If I met him, Tiffany, now to where he is now, what that would have been, but because we kind of grew up together financially, and mm-hmm. he provided a safe space for me to like flourish and, and and grow. So to your point, you're right. It's probably not a fair comparison to say like, well, Ham, hey, everything's good over here. It's like, yeah, but you guys started off at the same, you know?
0: Yeah, I think in an ideal world, the thing is, not everybody has that is not you know married to someone that they met in their early 20s like i you know i met my husband when i was 24 and we were same as you and superman you know financially you know on a similar path and he was finishing up his master's and moving up in his you know his government job and i was just a I was a writer and and we we both had career ambitions but for me, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking for certain attributes in a partner. And is it is hype? Is it hypergamy? Is that mm-hmm. just like heterosexual relationships? Is it only mm-hmm. when a woman is looking for a man?
1: No, who it's earns just like more? basically it's quote unquote leveling up. Like there's mm-hmm. this, for example, there's a woman. Um, this one is, is a white woman, but her name is um oh what is her name? But she's got this um this like social media channel and Instagram and YouTube channel called School of Affluence. Her name is Anna Bay. That's what it is. Anna Bay. And she's grown tremendously. I think she was out for like 2 years. She's already got like a million here and like but she teaches hypergamy, like looking for a partner. She teaches I makes, it? Yeah, she literally okay. her school her school of hype, of um of affluence is to teach you how to attract a man of means. Interesting. Uh, well, mm-hmm. what I was
0: What I was going to say is not everyone is in a position where they are in their early 20s and they meet their partner. They don't have any. Well, in your case, Superman did have a child from a previous relationship. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very different. Like, for example, when my mom had divorced my dad and she had four kids, like under the age of 13. And she, you know, was I remember I have such fond memories of her starting to date when I was like 12 and she would have the, you know, she'd go online match.com or whatever it was back eHarmony and she would, yeah, she would be dating. And in her position, I can totally understand how she was like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to even in, entertain the idea of, of dating someone who's not able to, you know, support himself at the very least cuz like I got all these kids. So, I I do think for for women in certain positions, you know, you may be it just may be reality. Like I need an additional income and or I, you know, I'm making ends meet as a single parent and Uh, additional income would be nice and you don't want to marry someone who has a bunch of debt or you know, can't manage their, their finances. So I, I, yes. So I feel like context is everything and I, Uh I completely see why someone would intentionally go out into the dating scene knowing that they wanted someone and you know, man or woman or whoever, um, wanted someone in a, in a certain financial position. I think where I get uncomfortable is the idea of or honestly, you know, to each their own. Right. But Mm -hmm. for me, what makes me more uncomfortable is is the notion, the idea of pursuing someone of a certain income or class. I don't know. It seems so like weird to say class, but it very much exists with the idea that you just need someone to take care of you. Because like I think what both of our stories have shown is that. The balance, like the seesaw in a relationship, financial seesaw, like we're doing better, you know, financially, where you and I are bringing in more than our partners now. But like, what if the what if the balance shifts over time, and that very much can happen, you know, someone can lose a job or or something happens to to knock that balance out of whack, and then all of a sudden, you know, you may need to support the other person financially, or or, or you know, carry more of that financial responsibility. And I think couples should be like, I don't, I feel like each person should carry the weight and responsibility of supporting the household. And, and I worry about a person going out there expecting to find someone to take care of them financially without taking care of their own financial house and making sure that they have, you know, (laughs) employable skills and uh, savings and have their own like financial, their own financial footing before they go and pursue, you know, someone to just I think you said kept earlier. I don't, I hate that phrase. Kept woman. Like someone who's, who's just gonna, yeah, gonna just bankroll your life. That to me is a little bit more challenging to, to wrap my head
1: around. So I'll, I'll share kind of like what, I guess, from like watching some of um, Anna's videos, it seems like, and there's a, a couple, like I said, Anna's white, but I, it strikes me that when she shares her hypergamy thoughts, it's, yes, Anna, okay, Anna, this is so great. And then there's other people. There's like a woman named Chrissy or something like that, that she does hypergamy. There's a couple other black women online. And it's like, you gold digger, you whore. you. Th-. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. You know, so that that kind of had a red... Because at first I was like, I don't get it. I mean, because, you know, I'm fiercely independent like you, Mandy. So I didn't get it. But when I saw the difference, I said, well, let me put aside my, you know, bias about like what I want for me and to see like what's really going on here. So when Anna shares, it's not, and and this is her thinking that what she brings to the table is um, beauty, youth, the ability to take care of home, children to be a hostess, like that. I'm not bringing maybe financials to the table, but I'm taking care of you in totality. So in exchange for that, you take care of me, it just looks different, right? Mm. Okay. And so, you know, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just sharing that that's like the, that's the thinking. And that yeah. like she does a lot of like, like classes or culture. even her YouTube videos, most those are all free, where it's like things to wear to attract a rich man, wear rich men vacation, how to sit with class. how. And so you should see the comments. It's just really interesting because, you know... There's been so much misindependent and eh, you know, like, but then you read all these comments and it's just like, thank you so much, Anna, thank you so much, Anna, thank you so much, Anna. And I'm like, oh wow, there's just a lot of women who connect with that message. Hmm. But like I said, there are black YouTube accounts that talk about hypergamy, um, but they definitely get attacked more. But more so, it seems like the the black YouTubers who talk about hypergamy, it's less about necessarily like the man is going to take care of you or whoever but more so because we all know that you know black women I mean I'm just making more than than men on average more so finding someone who matches or at least semi surpasses what you're doing so less about being taken care of and more about like well I make six figures do you And um, although not to say that there isn't some like, you know, some of that the Anna messaging, which is like, you know, I will take care of the children. I will take care of the home. It's thinking about like leave it to beaver. That's the thinking that like as the woman and the wife, I am here to to make sure that your needs are taken care of in the bedroom, in the kitchen with the kids. I do all of that. But in exchange for that, you make sure that we don't have to worry about where we're going to sleep, what we're going to eat. And not to say necessarily gonna be living in the lap of luxury, but that I I am taking care of I don't have to worry about those things. And so it's just like really mm-hmm. interesting because there's, you know, there's some visceral reactions. I guess the the reason why it struck me, and I'd love to hear, you know, Brown and Bishop, your your listeners, like your thought process. What to me, what bothers me about hypergamy is not the hypergamy itself. It's like, girl, sis, do whatever you want to do. I don't like the double standards for Black women and brown women compared to like, if someone else, another race, specifically white women, when they're hypergamous, it's like, oh, yes, of course, Sarah went to Princeton so she can find her a Princeton man who works for the But like, Tanisha, look at this hoe. She trying to come up like, you know what I mean? I like, oh, well, what do you think it is? I mean,
0: my I'm trying to think, <gasps> of, you know, why are women more? <laughs> Was that I said uh, racism? Oh, <laughs> but is the is the but honestly, though, do you feel like black and brown women who are into this concept of hypergamy are being attacked by other black and brown women? Or is it like white women who are attacking them? Because I wouldn't be surprised if because um, I don't know this this like it reminds me of uh, it reminds me of like that old, you know, trope of an angry black woman who who doesn't want to, you know, who. Who is is hard for a black man to be with and that stereotype that black women, you know, expect too much and all they care about is money and uh, just, yeah, having someone to provide for them. And like that is kind of what makes me feel uncomfortable about it, because, you know, I don't think that's very fair. I think as a black woman if you are looking for partnership, you should you should feel shameless about pursuing a relationship and looking for someone who is financially secure, or at least on a path toward financial security. And if you have additional responsibilities, like if you got kids, or you you're a small business owner, and your and your income is a little not secure at the time, I don't blame you for a second for not wasting time with a potential mate who may not be, you know, on their own path toward financial security or able to back you up, you you know while you're while you're building your thing, I think that's just a
1: partnership. There, so it's funny because, like in the, the black hyper per- hypergamy world, they call those men who are not able to take care of themselves or whatever the Dusties. So like, girl, do not waste your time with the Dusty. I'm oh, like, god. oh my god, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, i get a little giggle
0: out of that. <laughs> no, the <But> Dusties. <laughs> I'm glad I did not know about this whole debate. Girl, I need to be in this. It's co- a you thing.
1: Meanwhile <laughs> I'm just like, like I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I get into so much like because I, you know, sometimes I have a h- hard time like going to sleep, and I'm just like, oh. I'll just, like, like I'll turn on, like, you know, i go to YouTube and YouTube will suggest a video. And I remember I was like, what's this? Like, School of Affluence. And honestly, the reason why I clicked on School of Affluence is because I thought she was teaching you, like, how to, like, make money, you know? Yeah. And so I'm watching it. I'm like, wait, I don't get it. What? So a lot of it is about women being softer and pinker, even for black women, like, how to be softer. So let the man be a man. And, like, you know, it doesn't resonate with me because I'm just like, I, you know, I'm rock hard. <laughs> But Like, let the man be a man. And, you know, and like, I don't know, like, like I said, it's foreign to me because, well, you know, it's so crazy because it's not really foreign to me because I'm Nigerian and I'm not going to lie that hypergamy is something that is practiced traditionally in my culture that, well, one, that women are expected to be subservient in some ways, like old school ways to, to their husbands. But husbands are expected to be financial providers. Like literally when they don't do this much anymore because it's like so like, <laughs> to me, it's just crazy. Like, but if you, if, uh, if, uh, if I was living in the village to say like, you know, 50 years ago and a man wanted to marry me, he would have to come to my, my father, ask for my hand, and he would have to give a dowry, basically buying you. But you I mean, give... I've
0: been to a Nigerian wedding and the part where they bring out, no, the, the day one, I forget if it was a two day thing or if they yes. just did a Nigerian wedding first and then the American one. But yeah, when they had, to, I mean, she was sitting on just a throne of presents,
1: a present. shoes and that's handbags. Her, yes. I was like, that is great. That's hypergamy. That's <laughs> okay. it. That was like the man saying, look at my wealth. I am able to take care of your daughter and mm-hmm. any offspring spring that may come. So you see, so it's like, even though. I'm saying, like, it's foreign to me. It's really not because that's that's why, I'm not going to lie, when I brought Jarrell home, my parents were like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like, um, because Nigerians actually encourage you oftentimes to marry older men, not like way older, but like somebody more established. I'll say that, mm-hmm. you know? So you're 20 and maybe he's 30. Like, my my father's 11 years older than my mother, so he was more established. So So it's not actually foreign to me. It's just... Not, But it's so odd because as much as that's part of like my culture, like, and my father is actually pretty traditional Nigerian man. He really raised us to be fiercely independent. And he said, I want that when you do marry, if you decide to marry, that you are there not because you need someone to financially support you, but because this is the person you want to be with. So it was odd in how traditional he is. But then when it came to his daughters, he was like, uh, on second thought. You know what? Yeah. I need you guys to have it together because what you, what's not going to happen. And I, I I suspect it's because I didn't have any brothers. So traditionally what you would do is that your brothers would be financially responsible for you if your father's not here. And then, you know, then pass on that responsibility to your husband. But there were no brothers. So my father was like, well, you're going to have to be the brothers for yourself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just thought that was interesting because there's this guy named Kevin Samuels. I know you're probably like, who? Girl. <sighs> If you're in a good mood, I probably wouldn't watch it. The heavy sigh. Oh no. So because Kevin Samuels is a quote unquote relationship guru. I, I I can't even give him that. Basically, he berates black women, and it's terrible to watch. It's gotten very popular. I don't know why. It's um almost like um hate watching. I, I don't know if that's what people are doing. So, anyway, women come on to say, Hey Kevin, you know, I don't know why I haven't found a mate yet. And it's mostly black women, and he basically tells you. Like, he'll ask him, well, what number do you think you are? Oh, I think I'm a seven. You think you a seven? You a four. This is what he's saying on IG Live with literally, on average, twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 people watching. And then she's like, I, I, well, I no, I, I don't think I'm a four. You are a four. You're heavy set, right? That's not a question. It's a fact. And then oh. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my goodness. It's oh. so terrible. Do you have children? Well, who would want that? You got a degree. Nobody cares about that. It is so bad. And I, I just... Oh, I just want to hug the women that he talks to crazy like that and ask them why are you taking this, you know, from him? If you're if you're past thirty, too bad for you. You have a child. Oh well for you. Don't nobody want you. Like he, if you were to watch this man, quote unquote, counsel people, you would think that if you are a black woman over the age of thirty, God forbid, you have a child, that you'll never find a man. He calls it a, a man of high quality who's going to want you. And, like, he said that Beyonce's a seven. I'm like, this is how I knew that he's just feeling himself. Can you imagine this raggedy old man? Because he's old. This raggedy old man talking about Beyonce's a seven.
0: Please. Okay. I'm actually yes. I'm looking at his insta and I noticed the only people I know we have in common who follow him are are black men. So is that trouble? They too? love it. No, he's the black men image love it.
1: Consultant. He's like, oh, y'all, y'all, um, the black men in the comments will say, like, you know, oh, he's telling y'all the truth. Y'all see, y'all don't want to hear the truth. I'm like, first of all, you're a dusty. You have nothing to bring to not all obviously all black men, because I love me and my black men, my father's black, my husband's black, but like the ones that are in the comments, like, yeah, tell her, tell her. I'm like, bro, nobody wants you, sir.
0: No.
1: Yes. And so, like it just—it's—it to me, there's this like um, upswelling of conversation about Black women and worth and partnership that is like coming to the to the forefront more now than ever because of like this Kevin Samuels guy, because of this hypergamy movement. And I'm just curious to see what our audience thinks and feels about it. Like, you know, I I think this that you get to decide for you what it is that you want for you. Mm-hmm. You're not a child. Everyone gets to decide. If you want a, a man makes $300,000 a year, okay, sis. If you, wanna, if you want a man that's a scientist or whatever, okay. I just feel like it is not for anyone to decide what you want for you. And just like, yeah, I just... Because I knew what I wanted and I made it very clear and that's what I married. You know, like I was like, I wanted... I wasn't worried so much about the money part, because I'm not going to lie, ever since I've been little, old people have been telling me I'm going to be rich my whole life. So I was like, I'm good on that. But I wanted somebody, I I remember saying, who was intrinsically kind, because I know that sometimes I can get on somebody's nerves, and I wanted someone who wasn't going to snap, crackle, and pop when I got on their nerves. And Superman, his natural tendency is kindness. I wanted somebody who's really considerate, which he is. And I really wanted something that I like to call a sureness of love, like, even if we're, you know, you know, not really feeling each other at this moment of time, because maybe, you know, maybe we had a disagreement or whatever. That there's a hundred thousand percent, no matter where I go or where I am or what's happened, that I know a hundred thousand percent that you love me, and I have that with him. And so, to me, everything else was like cherry on top of the cake. I I had to get clear with myself what I needed, not just wanted, but what I needed in order to to feel like I, you know, I was okay in marriage and partnership. And I think that every woman has a right to decide that. Well, every person really has a right to decide that for themselves. But yeah, girl, dig down the way. Watch one of those videos. You're going to cringe. But I think it's important for you to see like how hard it is out here for black and brown women, how people basically tell them you ain't ish. And some of them are starting to believe it because of men like Kevin Kevin Samuels, because people tell them that they don't deserve to level up or marry up. And I just think that like, you know, like, although it might not be for me, I don't know, necessarily think that I'm here to judge that, you know, that you shouldn't, you shouldn't go for what you want.
0: I mean, I think this is the last moment in history when we need to be finding reasons to not lift up and and cherish instances of black love when we can. And not just black love, but couples who are, who are um, on the, on the same path financially. Like, and I think that's why you know, people like our rich journey, Christina and Amon, and then yes. even even the um who's the other the the couple, um the personal finance bloggers, is it Tay and Talit? I forget their names. Um yes. but they're amazing. And I feel like just just seeing just seeing two, you know, people in a relationship and I know that these are both heterosexual examples, but any at any rate in this, co- in this country, it's damn hard enough to be a single black woman or a black man or a black person in general making it, and I think we need to support one another, and there's something really beautiful to me about coming together as partners and helping each other level up financially, and that, you know, I... That, those are the stories I like to to hear. And I love when we get those questions from our listeners who are like, yeah, I mean, my husband, we're, you know, we're working on paying off his debt or my debt and we're doing it together. I think that's the the path to success. So yeah, I mean, you may find if you're looking for someone at a certain price point that they don't have those, you know, those soft skills, as we say, like yes. how to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like
1: Money that soft is, skills. Yeah,
0: the soft skills that like you can't really teach in a partner communication kindness empathy yes. all that kind of stuff so i think but some people need to go on their own journey and find out what they what they value and why they may value it and you know i would let's let's i feel like we should uh they should do a, like a revisit of people who who went on the hypergamy track mm, am i saying it right yeah, yes you see, are mm-hmm, mm-hmm, let's, let's see follow like, up in
1: five years where, to where to see are like they I, now like mm-hmm. 90 day fiance. Yeah. after the 90 days <laughs> yeah no and honestly the ba listeners if you practice hypergamy and you're super happy that you did you've been married or, or within the partnership share with us if you practice hypergamy and you're like girl why we would like to hear that too honestly i think that that would be like you know ig message us tweet us you know at the ba podcast on um on, on um what's called it uh twitter because i'm just really curious about like what how our listeners navigate and just what they think about that um yeah, so that was it. Mm. I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, wait till I tell me. I'm telling you, Mandy, like, don't do it when you're in a good mood. Well, I don't know if you doing a bad mood, but Kevin Samuels, you're going to be like, what? I Sometimes I want to get in the comments and be like, yeah, know what? But I'm like, Tiffany, girl. I'm
0: disturbed that, by his the amount of people who follow him. But uh, I mean, you,
1: know. it, 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 you what should disturb you <laughs> even more is that literally five times the amount of people that follow him actually watch at a time. Meaning, like, I don't know how many followers he has, but you'll watch and you'll look and you'll see. Wait, how many people are alive? Because I, I stumbled across him because um, on the top sometimes they have like suggested lives, and I was like, "What's this? Why are so many people on here?" I was like, "Wait, is this real?"
0: Mm,
1: okay. Wait, what? You know? And I was Anna just Bay,
0: like, whose name I love. Yeah, Anna I'm Bay. Gonna... So she
1: is, is like it B-A-E. Um, no. B-A-E- B- yeah B A Y. She oh, okay. is School of Affluence, All right. and uh, Kevin Samuels like. Don't yeah, follow him, but we're gonna go lurk. We're gonna yeah, go lurk, go, go watch. Lurk. And look go what he does. Like, him. Look at this picture. You see this woman how they has how he has her face? You see that? No. Like I the second of- the second uh picture with a, a black woman with the striped shirt. That's the type of shame like he you see what I mean? Like, huh. He always does. but look how he has displayed the white women below. The white woman with the with the um with the white hair. Oh, no, me, no, me, no. Yes, he, someone was like, if you hate black women, just say so, Kevin. Who hurt you? Who Because the way he goes at black women, the way he drags them down, he is, he should be ashamed of himself because I know your grandmother's black. I know your great, great, great grandmother's black. And I know your mom's black. Like, I just, like, why? Mm -hmm. So, and the fact that people watch and listen and decide and say, yes, you know, like I am, you know, I deserve to be talked to that way. Yeah. Well, that's why you guys come to Brown Vision. We don't
0: talk to you that way. No, we don't. <laughs> this is a safe space. All right. Yeah. Hypergamy. All right. Dope. Um. And if you guys follow anyone else who has written or talked or, I don't know, especially yeah, black I love women how you say practice hypergamy like it's a religion or something. <laughs> but Send <laughs> no, but them. We would love way.
1: To. We'd love to because I feel bad because we don't have any like I don't I don't know any um black women hypergamy accounts but I know they exist. But yeah, send them. Like tag me in them because I would love to be able to share those accounts in case you guys are interested in learning more
0: okay dope all right well let's take a quick quick break and then we're going to come back and talk about those Stimmies. Stimmy. Stimmies started hitting <laughs> bank accounts this weekend but we'll talk about even more than that just what is in this 1.9 trillion dollar gift of a piece of legislation that just passed last week be right back We are back in black and brown. And Stimmies. I finally started saying Stimmies because like, I'm cool. You know what I mean? Uh, Twitter was all... It was hilarious. So the bill only passed. What is this? Today is March 15th. We're recording on Monday. The bill only... Biden signed this into legislation like Thursday into mm-hmm. law. Sorry, and Thursday. That's only a few days ago, but already this weekend he he got that expedited shipping for those direct deposits because already this weekend Twitter was a buzz, and um, it looks like a lot of people are already getting their fourteen hundred dollar checks if if they qualified. So if you've got a wind if you've got a windfall in your bank account over the let weekend, let me hold
1: something. What's <laughs> no, that? I, was just I said, let, let me, me hold, hold something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking.
0: Well, what do you I actually we, we ran a survey at Ally to kind of ask folks how they would be spending their stimulus and would they be saving it? And this is only it's really sad. This is the only third this is the third time we have been given or a lot of people have been given um, stimulus checks like this. And it seems in just from this little survey that we did, still people are holding on to the money. Like we're gonna save this, maybe we'll pay off debt, but saving is probably the biggest plans that people have for this extra windfall. Tiff, like what do you what do you say to people? that's one of the questions, we're going to get to y'all's questions about the package, but mm-hmm. I, several people asked, you know, what would you say I should do with it? Save it, invest it, use it to pay down debt. How do you, and it's not a hundred million dollars, it's 1400. So yes. there's only a limited amount of th- things you can do with it. So what's your take, Tiffany, on that question?
1: Well, I always think first and foremost, you should look at like the greatest need right now, right? So saving would be great. Investing would be great. But if there's no food in the house, you need to buy food. If yeah. there's, there is a bill that you need to pay that is going to put your, your family in jeopardy with their health and their safety, you want to take care of those. So I, I always say first and foremost, take care of your health and safety expenses. So that's like food, shelter, clothing, water, like, you know, those things. And if there's money left over from those things and you might be behind on something, then you can take care of something that you might be behind on. And then if there's still money left over, if you take care of some of the things that you're behind on, you know, if you want to start putting some some aside, I wouldn't be aggressive with paying down debt. I'd be more aggressive with savings because now more than ever, um, we saw that like, even if you're someone who was like, I had one year's worth of savings, well, we're a year in. And if you Mm -hmm. still didn't have income, you could be in some real trouble right now, so I would put some toward debt, but I'd be more aggressive toward savings. But first and foremost, health and safety expenses, first and foremost. And if you're someone who is fine across the board, maybe you're in a in a field, an industry that didn't see you know nothing, you know, it, it, the industry actually grew or whatever. You're doing fine. Then yes, you have your your bills are paid. You're not behind. You're you know, you, um, your debt is being properly managed and certainly you can look into investing if you're in that position and your and your, your savings account is fully funded, then yes, you can look into investing that money. I know some people are like, invest right away because the market, but I'm like, you know, there's risk with investment, um, with investing and sure, like, you know, things turned out great for so many people, but there's just no way to know for sure. So you never want to invest money that you can't stand to lose.
0: Exactly. So here's a question from Instagram. I had posted over the weekend just some facts about the the relief package. And Instagram listener DJ said, how do college students or dependents get the stimulus check? And that's one unique thing about this particular stimulus payment is that For the first time, you know, in the past, if you were a college student or a dependent, you actually didn't qualify for your own check. But this most recent bill, if you are over age 17, but you're still claimed as a dependent, that could be a lot of college students, you can qualify for your own stimulus check. And as far as like how you get the stimulus check, filing taxes is the easiest Way that I can there's no like sign up, you know, I think people are waiting to like, get some alert or get a piece of mail that says, do you want to sign up to get your direct payment? The best thing you can do is file your taxes, at least for 2019. If you've already done it for 2020. Great. So that the IRS knows where to find you. They know Mm -hmm. who your dependents are. They know how much you earn because you know there are income caps on who qualifies for the payment not everybody qualifies so yeah if you're in college and 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 DJ if you're if you're wondering how you can get that check or direct payment yeah filing your taxes is probably the the easiest way to to do it
1: yeah no i think yeah that's good cuz i know there was a lot of college students that were like that's not fair like how yeah. do i you know basically i'm like well you before it was like you're going to have to go to your parent and ask them to if they have done, if they've done their taxes to amend them so you could be independent and file on your own like sis mom ain't doing that mom dukes is she's not doing that <laughs> like you are dependent on her she's going to use that money to continue to take care of you but so it's good to know cuz there are some college students that, although they are technically dependent on their parents they, they you know they really do take care of a lot of their own financial responsibilities so that's good
0: yeah well here's another question let me see i can't really decide what her we'll call her drea because there's a lot of letters in her instagram handle and i don't <laughs> know what they add up to be drea drea says so should she ask should i take the 1400 dollars and open up a ugma account for my child she's 18 months so ugma account we actually don't talk about very much but it's the uniform gift gift to minor account. And they basically allow parents to save money and invest and maintain full custodial control over the account until the child is an adult. So it's another way of, yeah, um, the same way we talk about custodial savings accounts and a 529 college plan, it's another option.
1: What's the difference between like a UGMA and just a regular custodial account?
0: Yeah. So I think it's the difference is how it applies, like in terms of taxes or not taxes Mm -hmm. when you you know how you can apply for financial aid. And then depending on, you know, how many how much assets you have as a parent, like that'll impact your financial aid ability or capability. Um, That could be one way. But let me
1: I see that it's a type of custodial account. I guess I'm trying to get like a like, you know. Like, I'm like, well, what makes it? Why is it not just called? Well, the the
0: big difference is that you don't have to use the UGMA account money for education expenses like a 529 plan. So with a 529, you actually have to, you can invest the money the same as a UGMA account, but you have to use Mm -hmm. it for education expenses or else you have to face a tax penalty. So with a UGMA account, it may just be like a, yeah, a way to save money, but to do it without you know, like, what if they don't go to college? Then at least, you know, you can pass on the money too.
1: Well, I, that's why I like custodial accounts because you don't, that I've done that for all the, like the kids in my, and like the little ones in my life, like um, my nieces and my nephew, because I didn't want to get a 529 plan because I don't know what college to be. Roman, he's five. Who knows what it's going to look like? So I got a custodial account. So that way it's not a 529 plan. So it doesn't have to be used for education. And it looks like this is, I don't know if this is the same, but this is certainly something I'm going to reach out to Anjali and ask her, like, how come we don't have a GMA girl? Because apparently <laughs> the earnings are not tax sheltered, but they're taxed at the minor's lower kitty tax rate up to a certain amount. So I wonder if that's the difference, but certainly I would love, I'm going to reach out to be like, so what because it looks like it's a it's a type of custodial, but I wonder, she might say, girl, you have a UGMA. U- U- <laughs> she probably will <laughs> say that. Like, oh, okay, that's good. Because um, I just always call them custodial accounts. Um, so that's just good to note. But, yeah, um,
0: no, I think so too. And we could like we've this is the not the first question we've gotten recently about a huge a UGMA account so I feel like people are starting to learn more about them and I feel like we have we could do a whole show on how to save for your children in all the different ways because I get I get tangled up in it too as a parent you know obviously i Just goofed up and talked about a custodial IRA for my baby, which I can't do because you have to earn an income. But then there's, yeah, there's UGMA and there's custodial savings accounts, and and that's 529. We have a 529 for him, but and I forget which one, you know, which one is gonna be less favorable to him when it comes to financial aid later on. And, you know, because the thing is, some of these accounts, like when you apply for financial aid, some count as parental assets and some count as the child's assets. And, Either way, you know, that whole, that a really important, what is it, family contribution mm-hmm. that the that the FAFSA kind of figures out how much your family can contribute, that can be impacted by saving in advance for your children. So I, I'm going to table that because I'm going to reach out to Helen, see if she That's wants to good. come on, or even Anjali and see, or maybe Tiff, you know, someone who's like an expert in saving for children. But yeah, thanks for that question, Drea. Uh, Drea
1: yeah, so if you should you put your money in there, um if everything else is straight, like you're not behind, you you know that you you your your savings is funded, I would consider this. I mean, I know it sounds like crazy sometimes to parents, but I would consider, have you maxed out or do you normally max out your own tax advantage retirement account? I actually would rather parents do that because let me tell you something as a grown person, with parents thankfully who are still here the greatest one of the greatest gifts you can give to your child is you not needing them financially when you get older because typically by that time your your child might have their own family and so children have the opportunity to you know grow up work, put aside money, all those other things, right? Mm -hmm. But you, you know, you get to a certain age, you're limited in how much more time you have to set aside for yourself. So I always tell parents that like, honestly, like if it's between your retirement account and funding maybe one day a college fund, I say put toward the retirement. And then, yes, definitely, I wouldn't put nothing toward a, um, a college fund. But I feel like um, there's there's something about having, like telling your kid, like, no, me and, you know, me and your mother are fine. You don't got to worry, like, you know, take care of you and your You're two babies. Welcome. Mm-hmm. That's my whole stance as a parent is,
0: like, if I can create financial security for myself, I'm actually giving you the benefit of not having to worry about me. Go mm-hmm. do your thing, chicken wing. For real. <laughs> so. Yeah, I t- I toggle between those two sets of like I've talked about that in the show too, just kind of how as a parent I'm I'm fully I'm okay with being selfish and pouring into myself and my own financial security and you know, obviously I think it's great to set aside money for for kids and I I mean, I want to give Rio a financial safety net and if he has siblings in the future, financial security of their in their own right, but at the same time I'm I'm not going to jeopardize my happiness now if i can like if i can afford to you know pour into my financial my own financial security and my husband so that we can live a great and fruitful life in retirement and support our kids in some ways but not yeah i don't want to i don't want to sacrifice everything um, because they're you know they have time time is the most valuable yes financial asset at the end of the day and certainly i think having two parents who you know they're great but I learned from them the value of knowing that mom and dad are gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So they may not appreciate that gift. They may really like the idea of having like a huge trust fund, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you Tiff on giving them the knowledge that their parents are okay. okay. All right, let's get back to these questions. All right, so Vernell, Vernel asks on Instagram, she wanted to know in relation to the child tax credit. This was a big a huge sort of element of this most recent relief package was the child tax credit, and she wants to know, does this mean that we're getting $300 a month per child if we qualify? Yeah, so the child tax credit Already existed, right? So if you met certain income requirements, you could get $2,000 per child as a tax credit. With this new piece of legislation that Biden just signed into law a few days ago, it provides an additional boost, financial boost in the form of a tax credit for people who have children. And let me get my notes up. And you can also check our Instagram. I put together a little story. But basically, you're eligible for $3,000 for each child under ages 6 to 17, so between the ages of 6 to 17, and then you're eligible for $3,600 for each child under age 6. The way that they're doing this tax credit, instead of, you know, usually you do your taxes once a year, and then if you qualify, you get the money, and you can pocket it at that time. But in order to get people relief now, parents are struggling, right? They mm-hmm. are saying, we're actually gonna split this into monthly payments starting in July, as soon as July. And you can get $300, yes, per child, or, 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 or sorry, $250 per child or $300 per child, depending on their ages. And yes, that's a monthly payment that will wow. go from July through December. And Ooh. then, yeah, so that should start in July. And a, a lot another question we've gotten several times is, well, how do I make sure that I get those funds? And again, the answer is file your taxes. File ah, your taxes. Yep. Because when you file your taxes, you have to say how many dependents you have, um, and, and you have ages. to say your income and the ages mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, if you qualify, there are like there are income caps, and you definitely, you know, you definitely um, want to set yourself up to like not expect you're going to get this great check in July if maybe you don't qualify. But we'll, I'll post these notes, and I, I used a bunch of different sources for this, and there's a lot of great info and and recaps of the, the tax credit online that you can find. And at the end of the day, though, I would say definitely consult your accountant if you mm-hmm. have one um, to see what your particular situation entails.
1: No, but this is good. There's relief. You know, well, I mean... I'll say this, I mean, at least it's something. Because I do also know that, the, you know, they'll be giving you the additional $300 a week for unemployment. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be helpful for a lot of people. But still, I mean, I'm, it just doesn't seem like enough. I know people are like, well, how much more? Well, how about you? Is $15 an hour um, enough to feed you and your family? Oh, okay. It's so funny how, like, you know, some of the wealthiest of the wealthy want to say what's too much for yeah. for people, you know. It's just very frustrating because you are just like I'm sorry. I never heard of a pandemic outside of like outbreak. Remember that movie with the monkey? <laughs> that was like made everybody sick? No. Do you remember
0: that like, was Contagion? There wasn't a monkey, wasn't that was a pig.
1: No, but was that was that Contagion? Maybe it was similar.
0: Contagion no. was a pig and it was a chef and in, in like some resort but anyway go ahead yeah no outbreak
1: I think it was like this little monkey I feel like B- Bruce Willis was in it he seemed like, it seems like a very Bruce Willis-esque movie but anyway there was like a pandemic but you know what I mean like I think that I just don't understand sometimes why lawmakers are behaving like well, we're not trying to do these handouts it was a worldwide pandemic I mean like what part of that is so hard to understand that there's going to be a lot more than a few months of handholding that people need serious help. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see. Um, listen,
0: the problem is that if you are in a certain, you know, tax bracket, I, as a higher tax bracket, if you're at a certain earnings level, it's it's unlikely that there's people in your immediate circle who are struggling. But listen to me now, like the people are dying desperate out here like and i over the weekend i was talking to a um um, our cousin who is a high school principal and she shared a story about one of her students and i mean i have not stopped thinking about this 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 kid and his mom Mm. ever since and you know i and for anyone who just does who just feels like oh okay i'm doing well i'm just gonna like i'm you know keep my head down so grateful i can't imagine people are going through so here's just this one anecdote that she told Mm. me This this boy, he's 14, and his mother, they live in a homeless shelter. They have for the past Mm. year, and he has two younger siblings who need babysitting during the day his mom has to commute to her job all the way in queens and they live in the bronx or at this homeless shelter and because of the homeless shelter rules they all have to get out of the shelter and because trains are not on full service because of the pandemic they have to wake up at 3 30 and 4 a.m in the morning Mm -hmm. and he has to go with his with his toddler Um, siblings to the babysitter because that's the homeless shelters rules that he can't be there by himself for like safety reasons. So he has to drag himself out of bed at 4am to go with his mom on the bus way out of the you know this long commute to get to the babysitter by six and then he makes his way on to school and thank goodness you know he's able to to go into school and some kids aren't and he just falls asleep during the day because he's so tired and and like that and i'm not saying that to to try and i don't know i just feel like honestly if if more people knew Mm -hmm. yes and could have empathy and could hear these stories you know how can you how can you say that we as a country can't be there to support one another I don't know this woman but I feel like I know her and even this and I know for a fact that even this $1,400 check and the child tax credit and all that it may not be enough you know the system does not is not set up to support mm -hmm. uh, people in her position and she's doing everything right. You know? So that's, that's how I think I, it's just, it's, I feel like in this life you should just be assigned a buddy from birth, just a random person at a different economic level than yourself. And y'all should just check in with one another. And, you know, just to, just so you're forced to know someone who's not from, the same financial situation that you're in
1: so you can have a little bit of empathy i think that would solve so many problems Um, yeah it's funny that you say that because i was just talking to the superintendent or the assistant superintendent of the city where i live and she was saying she's like tiffany there is gonna be such a huge learning gap by the time we get back to school i was like what do you mean because i'm used to super girl being here she has her laptop she does her work blah blah blah. she was like attendance rate for school for digital school is 40 percent." i was like wait what Do they not have laptops, Isn't that? She was like, it's not that. It's to your point, Mandy, that she was like, so many of these parents have the older child, but they have to go to work. And so that child has to babysit their their siblings. And how do you do that and go to school? She's like, so what happens to this this crop of kids who, you know, are are not getting the education that they quite honestly deserve and need? It was just like, when she said that, I said 40% what? That's the attendance rate. 60% of kids are not going to school. And she was like, also too, what she found, because they've been trying to do like, to f- try to figure out like what's really happening, is that a lot of these kids are going to work instead. That they're like, you know what? It's it's one thing not to show up for school. There's truancy. People will come pick you up. But they're like, I my mom is not making enough. So I'm 15 and I had to go get a job. So you're working during the school day. And it's just... Uh, like I, I honestly, the ripple effect of what has happened, we don't even, huh. I don't think that we can conceive. I think people think that they're insulated from folks who are struggling, but you never are. You, all you have to do is go to, to, go to New York and just see. You can live in a $100 million apartment and come downstairs and there's somebody, somebody homeless sleeping in front of your apartment. You know, you're never fully insulated, like if that's the thinking. But it's just, yeah, I just... Well, hopefully, I will say this that when I when I had that interview with that um, uh, Mr. Kimmins Caymans, whatever from the White House, the, from the um, economic something or other council, he did state that we right now are in the rescue component, and then the next plan is the restore component. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious to see what does restoration look like after after you know they put all these rescue plans in place. So we'll see.
0: Just because people are not like i mean but the thing is people are dying yeah. um there's hundreds of thousands of people who have died but there are all, there are people who are just bleeding just they are they are dying but they don't show it on the outside um in their stories you may not know them but you have to have respect for them and empathy yes. um and i'm proud that we got something through you know it wasn't yes thank goodness um that we got some sort of relief through but Yeah. You guys keep reaching out to us, share, you know, you can text us now, check the show notes. Um, You can text or leave us a voicemail with your questions or if you just want to vent, that's cool too. Um, uh, And we'll share that, that number again um, with you guys. So check the show notes or you can hit us up on Instagram with your questions. Yeah. And just know that even if you just want to vent or just tell us your story, you know, I think it's really important for people to feel like their stories matter. And And I was just talking to my therapist about this. She was like, You know, it's really easy to discount your own story because you think other people have it worse or your story isn't as, you know, troubling or whatever. But just saying your own story out loud, it it matters and your experience matters. And um, I want to hear it. So so reach out to us and share with us and and talk to each other because everyone's struggling in some regard. And Mm -hmm. it's what Tiffany said about shame. You know, once you say it out loud, it just has a way of eliminating that sense of shame in it. Yeah, yeah,
1: voice, voice. What does Dr. Green say? That voice is the antidote to shame.
0: Love it. All right. Well, thank you guys for your questions. Shall we move on
1: to Boost and Break? Yes. And now it's time to... <laughs> the warble, though. Booster, booster, Break. Uh, boost booster, Break. Uh, boost and break, uh, break. I never, you know, break it down. Mm, is you going to boost? Is you going to break? How much more can we take? Okay. Are you going to be a ray of sunshine? Or are you going to say, hey, that ain't mine? Hey, look, that was good. So off the rip. Where's my record contract? Hello. T- oh, Tiffany the, the stallion. I <laughs> oh, like the pony. <laughs> Tiffany the pony. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Tiffany the my little pony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. uh, so you got to boost a break Bandra i'm
0: gonna I'm gonna boost. I just need to give a quick boost for um, the Grammys last night just because I did sit down and watch it because I'm an old lady now and I watch things with commercials and all. Um, but I thought Beyonce made history as like the winningest yes. woman in music. So yes. respect. I was shocked that she showed up. I was like, protect queen at all costs, but she's there. Okay. So I thought that was amazing. And I thought the the Megan and her won for the Savage remix. And I thought that their acceptance speech together was like just the black female empowerment moment that I needed in my life. So shouts out to them. But my real boost was going to be very, very different. But uh, Facebook Marketplace. I, Facebook Marketplace. I'm starting to educate myself more. Well, first of all it doesn't take much education when like you got a kid in the house and you see how quickly they go through clothes and shoes and stuff. And I just started to get really frustrated by the amount of like new brand new things that, you know, it wasn't the right season for them. But then by the time he could wear them, that he outgrew them. So starting with his winter boots, which I found on Facebook Marketplace, I made my new mission is to buy used kid stuff for my son and part of me feels a, like my tug like inside i'm like you know my husband and i are not quite on the same page so maybe like y'all can help me convince him because coming from an immigrant family for him it's like i want to give my son the best like he spends 60 dollars on an adidas tracksuit for this child Like, what is that? $62. I saw that charge. And I said, what? So just like buying new clothes that he's going to outgrow, which led me down this path of learning more about just how horrible for like the environment, the clothing industry is and and fast fashion and all of that. So I'm trying my best. And the reason I shout out Facebook Marketplace is because there's, there's a lot of people selling or giving away uh, kids clothing, and I'm not looking at toys because I'm just I just can't. There's already <laughs> too many, but like kids clothing, so I'm all about it. And also, I've had a really amazing time, really easy t- easy time selling things on marketplace now. So I, a Craigslist, who is basically how I feel, because you can actually see the person, and it's not as weird as all the emails as Craigslist. So Facebook Marketplace is my new jam. And also, I found a secondhand store that does mm-hmm. kids clothing in my area, so I'm gonna go check them out. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Wish me luck. And if you guys, as parents or you know, secondhand shoppers or thrifters, like if you have any tips for me on my my path towards sustainable fashion for my family, let me know. Because I'm just you know trying to do things a little bit better over here.
1: No, that's good. I mean, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I have been buying not so much marketplace stuff, just Facebook ads in general have been getting me. Have you ever heard of Wonder Keeks? Wonder who? No. There are all these cookies that. <laughs> they just look so amazing. Every time I came out, I was like, you leave me alone. You leave me alone, Wonder Keeks. And then I ordered them. Eh, I mean, like I'm a chocolate cookie, like chocolate chip cookie connoisseur. And it wasn't worth the money, I'll say that. They did come quickly. You know, the packaging was like fun and funny. The way they did, they tell you, they said like, I know you see us. Don't you dare put us in your mouth until you put us in the oven. So it's really cute, like the directions about how to warm them up. I would say for chocolate chip cookies, I give it a strong six, but... So I've been, that's what I've been spending my money on.
0: <laughs> it is. You have to be careful though. Cause like Facebook yes. and Insta, they are the shopping mall of today's yes. age
1: and they know. Oh, you. they have been getting me. They so ever since I bought those daggone wonder cakes, Now every cookie company is like, Hey girl, I heard you bought some cookies. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> so needless to say, I'm back on WW. Um, you need so- to make your own cookies. I know, honestly, and I just wanted to because they, they made it look so delicious. Like I said, if they weren't bad, but I was like, oh man, I could have just got my my um, my chocolate butter chunk cookies from um, Whole Foods. Those are like slamming, okay, mm, and yes. they're not as expensive as Wonder Keys. So Wonder I'm Keeks. gonna do a boost because this morning I woke up. It was like a really oof. It was a lot this weekend. So um, if you guys don't know, I'm, I'm gonna be doing like a Get Good with Money Summit on, on April 24th. I'll give you more information about that later, but. What I done, what I did was, and I forgot to tell Brown ambition, but it's too late now. <laughs> what I did was, I said that if you pre-ordered the book, that you know up until Sunday, then I would give you, I would, um, if you showed proof. There's like some form you have to fill out. If you showed proof, then you got a free ticket to the summit because the summit's like forty bucks, and like the books are like eighteen bucks or whatever. I think like, well, they're really twenty four, but they're like discounted all all over. Anyway. So you know, my my book Giga with Money doesn't come out until the thirtieth, and so I, you know, I mean, I figured that people would be like, oh, okay, I want a summit ticket. Summit tickets, no girl. And I tell you, it. I woke up this morning. I was like, huh. Let me see where my my book because my um Penguin has been saying like, hey, Tiffany, you know, let's try to like you know like pick up. I mean, book sales have done well. We we sold thousands, but like, she's like, you know, let's. Is there anything else you could do to pick up some sales? I was like, you know what, we're doing this summit. Why don't we give away, you know, do an exchange for some books just for three days to give people an option. Child, I woke up this morning to my book that's not even out. So preface it with saying there are currently 48.5 million books for sale on Amazon. Oh, my God. 48.5 million. Oh my God. Are you number? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Tell me. I haven't S- seen this yet. Tell me. So my book today was number 28. Ah! At a- I mean, of not not finance books, not money book, of all books. Ooh. Out of 48.5, I was like, wait, I literally woke up and was like, wait, what? <gasps> is this real life? Like in, in sales. I was like, wait, what? And then for it to be pre-order, like this is not like, you know, normally you might see that number, I guess. Like if you're doing like, you know, when it's actually out and everybody's read it and they're telling their friends and cousins. That means y'all trust me so much that you went out. And you pre-order Get Good With Money at getgoodwithmoney.com. You know, my my, my show, (laughs) I always got to do one per show. But no, but honestly, it just, honestly, I just sat on the couch and like said just silent prayers of gratitude. Like, wow, that my audience trusts me so much that they flooded to go get the book this weekend, you know, because one, they wanted like the summit, which is going to be awesome because I pulled, so inside the book, I have these, um, what I call my Budget Needs to Boosters, like things that are not my expertise. I don't believe in pretending that I know. So I pulled experts in the more complicated financial things to walk us through step-by-step how to get those things done. And so I pulled some of those women to do a conference with me. It's five of my most, um, well, they're all amazing, my Budget Needs to Boosters, but I chose five of them. And that summit, like I said, is coming up um, in, in April, but it just to just see the flood and to see number 27 or 28 that's crazy like it was above Michelle Obama I mean temporarily yeah. it was above Barack <laughs> I mean you know Mr. <laughs> President but I'm just like it was it was above you know DR who you know we don't really F with like that it was above Robert Kiyosaki like rich dad poor dad I know, exactly. I mean, it just was like, I mean, like I said, even if it was just for a day, child, I'll take it. But it just felt really good because, you know, Mandy, like, I I did not want to be on the cover of the book. because mm-hmm. Not because I didn't want to be on the cover, but honestly, I was like, no one's going to buy a book with a black, a financial book with a black woman on the cover. I mean, I knew my audience would because, you know, they know me, but I wanted the book to reach wider than me. And I just told myself, like, no one's going to buy this book. They're going to be like... Cause I've been in rooms before where I stood up to the mic and like, I've seen women be like, she's not the speaker. Is she literally mouthing it to each other? And they're like, no, no, no. She's just checking the mic. And I'm like, wow. Mm. So, you know, like I, I just felt like, you know, people would look at the book and be like, "Mm, she doesn't know. Nope. I'm not getting it. And so I was like, well, maybe we could just do like, you know, whatever on the front cover. And I'm just really grateful for like Marnie at, at Penguin and Heather, my agent for pushing me and saying, you need to be on this cover. These are white women. You know, they were like, no, Tiffany, you need to be on this cover. Like women and black women, brown, everyone needs to see you on this cover. There needs to be a new face in personal finance, not just your face, but to crack open the door to say, like, I want to look on those shelves and see women. I want to see Latinas. I want to see Asian men and women. I want to, you know, there has to be, you know, like it's enough of just one type of voice and so I'm just really grateful that, you know, my big old smiling face. My sisters were like, you're showing too much gum. That's all. Can you imagine? Yeah. Sisters. I had to look. I was like, am I smiling too big? They're like, you are too, smiling too big. I said, you all hating sisters, but that's what sisters are for.
0: <laughs> there is no are... such thing as too much smile. Get out of here. You're <laughs> number, number 15 on Movers and Shakers. That's Right now crazy. on Amazon. Oh, my God. Mandra, isn't that crazy? Yes. I No, just... it's not crazy. I'm <laughs> like, crazy. my face hurts, and also I'm getting, like, teary-eyed. You're number 35 on <gasps> Best Sellers, Ob- period.
1: Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? I just don't even know what that means. It's not easy being a bunny is number one, but, like, oh, yeah. whatever. <laughs> you, know what? you know what? I'm not even mad because Easter's coming up. Easter but you know what? <laughs> First of all, the fact that it's not easy being a bunny is number one. That Wait is a, a just...
0: second. Is this, like, among the books that Mandy typically buys because... You <laughs> These are all children's <laughs> books, like in the top
1: 10. Whatever, whatever. No, yes, but like
0: your face is there. Can oh, you imagine?
1: And so like, yeah. So I just wanted to just say like, that was the boost that like, man, if there ever was a go for it moment, I hope that mm-hmm. I can be an example like, sis, go for it. Go you for know, it. you just don't know. I know right now there's a lot of tearing down because of meaning like pandemic quarantine that there was a lot of broken like I had a thing and it's broken, this is actually the best time to rebuild the thing you actually wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's why I remember thinking that when I lost everything during the last recession, I said, Tiffany, you can rebuild the exact same house that you lived in before, or you can actually go for the thing you actually wanted that you were too afraid to walk away from this life for. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna build the life that I actually secretly wanted and you know, I'm I'm not fully living it now because you know i will be overworking because you know just team too much. But I am much closer <laughs> than mm-hmm. like you know I'm I am at least living the professional life that I never dreamed of. I'm just like realigning my personal life to like not hold myself to such not to say high expectation, but like you know not overwork myself. But like ultimately, I just never thought stuff like this was possible, and so yeah. Just that was my boost like no, just ah! casual just a little boost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now here's the thing. You might check when y'all want, when y'all listen this is Monday. I can't promise what Wednesday going to look like when you go to see my numbers, yeah. but at least for this weekend and today, you know, you put my love on top, baby. You're the one that I love. <laughs> I hope Oprah's watching. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm just want to be called auntie. Hey, Miss Oprah, so, you know, <laughs> are the people at Oprah's favorite
0: things? I don't know. Uh well, it feels like yes. It feels March is the book is the is the month for new books. I feel yes. like there's so many great. I've had that pre-ordered for a long time. I'm sitting here like maybe I should pre-order some more copies. <laughs> like what else can I do? Um, yeah, so so happy for you. Congrats! I can't wait. So the book is March 30th, right? Yeah, oh, March 30th comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so excited for you, Tiff. Thanks for sharing that. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, that is the show. Another one for the books. Yes, indeedy. All right. Hey. Take care.
1: Hug How are a friend
0: you if you're vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, it feels like the light is at the end of the tunnel. Yes. soon. Just hang I in do. there, y'all. It is.